life is like, who said that? Who was he quoting? His mama. Shoot, his mama was important for us. Run, Forrest, run. Life is like a box of chocolate. I don't know about you, but I found out one thing. Chocolates don't last too long. How many of you have had a box of chocolate around your house? And once you open that bad baby, depending on how many kids you have, how, many, how long does it last? A day or two? One day? Yeah, we're a flower quickly fading, aren't we? So now this, this is part of a prayer, okay? It's part of a prayer. And he's already told us in this prayer, and he's he said, man's days are man's years. We spend our years. And he said, uh, three score and ten. And I look across this building, and uh, I see a lot of people that live past their three score and ten. And just because the scripture says three score and ten, that's, that would probably be the average. I think the average lifestyle in America is about 75 years right now. But uh, I bury babies, and I bury people all the way through, from newborn babies all the way through up until their 80s and 90s or whatever. So that even though the scripture says uh, three score and ten, man's number of his years, and, and he talks about the years, and by reason of strength, your, your days and your years can be prolonged. And I looked across this building, and some people have been blessed with, with longer than the three score and ten. But Moses in his prayer kind of nails it down to days because the way we spend, now get this, because this is, this is a nugget, the way you spend your days will determine how your years go. Now you need to, I kind of like Brian, there are some things you need to write down because a day is a microscopic view of a year. And the way you, the way you divide and you plan your day is gonna, it will determine how your year goes. And when you look back over your year, I can tell you why your year, if your, your year went bad in your, in your spiritual life, I can tell you because you didn't use your days wisely. So, the, so Moses began to pray, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, I just wanna, I'll just interview a couple of people today. And, uh, Brother Gutierrez is, I don't know how old he is. He's older than dirt. Brother Gutierrez, how old are you? 85, brother. 85? Okay. How long have you been serving Jesus? Oh, since 1962. Since 1962. Now, how many years is that? Can you count that high? Well, about 40, 50, 51, or something like that. Has God been good to you? Yes. Got, always. always been good to us. You've got a great family. How, how big is your family? It's, uh, yeah, but how big is it? You got a lot of them? About 12 kids. About two, nine, 12 kids. Nine girls and three, and two boys, three boys. Now, uh, blessed, right? And didn't the scripture say something about that children are a heritage from the Lord and, and, a, and a blessed? You've been blessed. Amen. Now, now, have they always done the right thing? Sure. sure. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. But God's Amen. been good, hasn't he? God's been good. Dad's fixing to turn 87, 87 years old. Huh? Turn this mic on. It's not on. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay. 87. 87. How long, how long have you been living for Oh, I don't know. Has it been good? Yeah. 
You, you can't count that high. Can you? No. <laughs> he, he, he's about, what, about 50 years? He was about, what, about 20 when he prayed through. Gave his heart to the Lord. All right. God's been good, hasn't he? Oh, Charlie, boy. Charlie, good to see you. Good to be here. How long have you been serving Jesus? Oh, about uh, 62 years. About 62 years. How old are you? 81. 81. Has God been good? He's been good. He's been good, hasn't he? Moses prayed, Lord, teach us to number our days. Why is it important for us to number our days? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. The wise men wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you read verse 1, it talks about uh, there, is a time, there, is a, there is a time to be born and there is a time to die. Now, that, that's, uh, now we, you know, all of us have experienced, well, the only thing we don't have control over is who we are going to be born to and when we are born. But after that, after we are born, every one of us, without exception in this building, regardless of what color you are, regardless of what, how old you are, the moment we are born, we become a slave to this thing called time. You cannot get away from it. You, if someone would try to ignore it, someone tried to, but you, you can't stop time. You, and you can't go back and relive time over. Wouldn't it be something if you could go back and relive? Now, just think, if, if you could pick a day in your life that you could go back in the past. See, some people dream of a time machine where they can manipulate time and they can either go back into the past or go back into the future and there's, there's men today that are real, really working on that kind of technology to try to manipulate time. And I'll tell you right now, it, it'll never happen because God is in control of time. He started in the, in the dateless past. There was a point in time when he started this thing called time and there'll be a point in the future when time will cease to exist as we know it until that time comes. Nobody's going to manipulate it. Nobody's going to stop it. Nobody's going to slow it down. And nobody's going to speed it up. So it's important. But it could, if you could go back and live or relive just one day of your life over. What day would it be? Now, don't answer that, men. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm thinking about at all. But if you could go back and live one day, that one day in your past where you may have made a terrible decision that has affected your future. Man, if you could go back and just wipe out that hour, that two hours, or that, that time that you made that, boy, maybe a terrible decision uh, that has affected your life, wouldn't that be something if you could do it? Time has been set in motion, and we cannot stop it. Uh, it goes too slow for some. It goes too fast for others. God has, himself has wound this clock up. And, and how, many has, how many has a watch? How many has a, hold up your watches. We, we can categorize time or we can, we can look at time and see, you know, and plan for time. But that's about all the control we have over it. And our life is filled with things like, what time can we meet next week? Or what time do I have to be at work? Or what time do I have that appointment? I hate those appointments where they say, I'll be there sometime between 8 and 12. How rude. 
Boy, I hate those kind of people. So I sat there for four hours. You know what that is? That's rude because they are wasting your time. See, their time is valuable. They want to do what they want to do, but they want to make you wait on them. So they, that, is a, that is a complete disregard for the time that you have in, in your control. They're to be able to nail that down and say, I'll be there at 8 o'clock, I'll be there at 9 o'clock, or I'll be there at 10 o'clock. And when they do it otherwise, they are rude to you. But we put up with it. And so we waste from 8 to 12 waiting for some guy to come and mess up your TV. Man, time has been set into motion. And we can carry it on a wrist and look at the way it's going, but there's absolutely nothing we can do. We can schedule our life by it. Who started this thing in the beginning? 365 days. That's it. And every fourth year, we do a 366, like this year. How many knows that this year's leap year? 366 days in this year. My wife has a birthday this year. February 29th. She was born on February 29th. Long time ago. She was trying to count it up the other day how old she was. And she figured out she was 15. She's had 15 real birthdays. Yeah, she, this, this coming 29th would be 15 years because she only had a birthday every four years. 366 days. Well, where, where do we get that? That's the time it takes the earth to make its orbit around the sun. It takes 365 plus so many uh, hours or seconds. And so in order to get, get caught up in time, we have to add an, uh, an extra day every four years to get everything caught up. Uh, so that, that's where we get the 365 days. The 30-day lunar calendar is, is, the, is the path of the moon around the earth. And the 24 hours that we get right here is the, is the time it takes the earth to spin on its axis one time around. So who, who set that? God set that clock in motion, and we just kind of set our watches by that. And we plan our day by our time. 24 hours. 24 hours in a day. Make up our life. Someone said, life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. Man. We spend, I think it's, I think it's important that Moses wrote, we spend our years. We spend our years. We, we spend them. Not only do we spend our years, that means we finish them. We use them up. Not only do we spend our years, but we spend our days. And the way we spend our days affects our weeks, our months, and our years. Now, poor health can sometimes be corrected. I mean, uh, you can start eating the right foods, maybe getting some exercise or whatever. If you've got high cholesterol, you can do some stuff. You can sometimes be corrected. And lost money or lost possessions can often be regained. But time wasted is gone forever. I have a question today. What are you doing with your time? Have you ever asked somebody, come up to somebody and say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just wasting time. How many's ever heard that? I've said that before. How many's ever said that? I'm wasting time. Or how many's ever heard their trip? Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just killing time. I've said that before too. And if we really knew how precious that little bit of time that God gave us was, We'd never say that again. Because once you spend, you, do, you don't get any rollover minutes. Don't you wish you could just add the stuff that you, if you could just wait, you know, add the wasted hours that you wasted today and just kind of roll them over, wouldn't that be great? Like minutes on the phone. But you don't get any rollover minutes. Once you spend it, it's gone 
and it's gone forever. Why is time so important? Scriptures say we are to redeem the time. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes, we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. Because time is rare. It is the most rare, it's the rarest thing that you have, uh, that you have control over, or the, that the God has given you to possess you with. You can never relive it. There is no such thing as an instant replay in life. No rollover minutes. Now, sometimes it doesn't, have you noticed that sometimes it doesn't seem fair? Have you noticed that two weeks on a vacation is not the same as two weeks on a diet? Dear Jesus. It's just not, I mean, a vacation just goes boom. You know, you come almost, you get halfway through your vacation, you think to yourself, man, time is flying. You know, and you think, it's going to be over before we went to Hawaii and we stood on those hills of that golf course and looked out over the ocean and, dear Jesus, let's stop the clock. Roll it back. Do you start your diet? Okay, we're going to stay, we're going to go on this diet for two weeks. Two days go by and you say, how much time we have left? It's just not the same. It's not fair. I just, you know, our, get this now. Sometimes people can spend more time or stay more time in an hour than others can in two weeks. Been there, done that. Whoo. Don't stay long. Just, uh, you know, leave the door open. <laughs> we talk about 24, but listen, each moment, I want you to get this. Each moment is an opportunity for your own personal advancement. Each moment of your 24 is an opportunity for your own personal advancement of where God wants to take you or, where, or, or the process or the life pattern that you have chosen. Each moment, you don't have, it's not just the 24, but it's the moments that make up that 24. Now notice, moments matter. Time is the currency of earth, and you need to understand this very carefully. You know, we have our dollar, we have, France has its what? Frank, uh, Germany has the mark, but time is the currency of earth. God gave to the earth the currency called time. Now notice this. God did not simply give you friends. He gave you time to invest in others or to invest in people. And because you took the time to invest in someone, they became your what? Friends. See, if you're going to have friends, you must first show yourself friendly, and you do that by investing some time. So God didn't give you friends. He gave you time. And when you invest that time in other people, they become your friends. Now notice, God did not give you money. He gave you time. And then you in turn take the time that God gave you and you give it to an employer who gives you money for the time that you give him. And then you take that money and then and, and make arrangements and provide for the things that you need by buying a home or a car. But God did not give you money. He gave you time. Because time is the currency of earth. And everyone has an allotted amount of time. And the way we use that time, are, the way we spend our days are going to affect our future. Now notice this. Forrest Gump quotes his mom and says, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And that's true in a sense. There is unexpected things. And if you read the wise man in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, after it says there's a time to be born and a time to die, he gives you glimpses or, 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 of things that happen in life, things that just happen in life. But in the process of those things happening, 
If you're spending your days wisely, I'm telling you, you, you can endure and go through those events that come into your life a lot better than, than if you just, you know, kind of ricocheted through life. 62 years. I'm 62 years old, a little over. Over 22,000 days I have spent. I've used them up. I don't know how many more days I have. And I got, some, I got news today, neither do you. To today, the tomorrow that we hope for may never come for some of us. And that doesn't necessarily mean just because you're old. It's everybody under the sound of my voice. Some of us is tomorrow may never get here, the one that we count on. So it's important how we spend the days that we do have. If we use our days right, the years will take care of themselves. And you are today, you are experiencing today what you have invested in your days in your past. You are reaping the results of the, of the moments that you've invested in your days. The way we spend our days is a prediction of our future. Maximize today. Spend it wisely. You know, I have found someone says, well, I don't have time. I have found this, that people find the time to do the things they want to do. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Oh, listen, I can tell you what's important to you. I can go and watch you and go through your day and watch the way you spend your time. And at the end of the day, I can chart out those things that are important to you. Why? Because the things that are important to you, that's where you spend your time. We have 168 hours in a week. We'll sleep roughly about 56 hours of that week. Some people say we'll eat about 28 hours of that week. And we'll work around 40 to 50 hours of that week. And that will leave you about 30 to 40 hours, depending on uh, how, how much you juggle that other space of time. That will leave you about 30 or 40 hours that you're not doing anything but what you choose to do. And in those 30 or 40 hours, how you spend those hours, how you invest those hours is going to be determined by what you want or like to do. If you was charting your day and you was char charting how you use your hours, if you charted your own course and sat down and drew your 168-hour week and you charted how you spent those hours, I'm just wondering how many of those hours would be spent on really things that are worthwhile and that are eternal. See, the way we spend our days is going to affect, and it's a prediction of our future. Now, notice, to maximize today, I'm going to give you three things real quick and, and, and going through here. And you need to write this down. If you're going to maximize your day, number one, we must become time conscious in spiritual matters. We must become time conscious in spiritual matters. You fill in the blank. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. Blank, if you will hear his voice. What does that blank mean? If this year you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. Or maybe if this week you will hear his voice. What does that word, what, is, what, what word goes in there? The word today. Today if you will hear his voice. Why is it important for you to hear today? Because today is all you have. Right now is all you have. Right now, today is the day of salvation. Not next week. No, you're not promised next week. We're not promised next month. If you don't take care of today, I'm telling you, you could be out of luck tomorrow. 
So it is a today thing. We must become time conscious in spiritual matters on a daily basis. And secondly, our provisions is a daily matter. Jesus prayed this way in Luke chapter 11, verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. Amen? So our provisions is a daily. What we do with our days is going to affect our daily provisions of, in, in the natural. And so you, we have to become more conscious of what we do in our day. Daily we pursue and accept his mercy and forgiveness for any wrong. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says, His compassions fail not, and they are new every what? Every what? Every morning. Every morning when you wake up, you take advantage of God's mercy and his grace. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. That's what the scripture says. And his mercy are, 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 and is fresh and new every morning of our life. You can't depend on next week. You can't depend on next year. You've got to depend on his mercy and his grace today and take advantage of it on a daily basis. Notice, God works in the framework of time. Uh, he started this thing and then he made himself uh, a servant to it himself to work his plan in our life and in the life of, of, the, of the plan that he has. In the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. There was, there was a plan. God had a plan uh, just like, uh, you know, th there's all kinds of types in the scripture about God's plan. Joseph's uh, coat of many colors is a type of a plan. It was woven together with many different pieces of colors. And that, that was a type or a symbol of God's plan before the foundation of the world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit got together and they wove together a, a fa this, in this fabric of time a plan that they would execute in this spirit of time. So God has invested himself in this thing called time and he works his plan in the framework of time. Now with that in mind, listen to what we have to do. I'll give you three things in closing. God, help us, number one, recognize your timing and, and respond to it. You have to, I have to learn how to recognize God's timing in our life. And when we recognize God's timing in our life, we've got to respond to it. Seasons come. There's a time and a season for every purpose under what? Under the heaven. There's a time and a season. You don't stop time, but you work with it. We live in farming country. Now, you don't plant cotton in the wintertime. You work with the seasons. God, as long as earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest time. We have to recognize the opportunities that God gives and then respond to them as, as we recognize them and work with this thing called time that God gives us. So in the, in the process of this time, recognize it. Now, I want you to understand that there is a time. There was a time for healing. There was a time for healing. You say, I don't understand that. Listen, there is an opportunity. There, there is working with God's timing and responding to it. The pool of Bethesda was a place that once a year the angel would come down and trouble the water and Jesus comes by and says, uh, would you like to be healed? And the man responds, I, well, I have nobody to pick me up, put me in the water when the water is troubled. I have no, somebody always beats me to the water. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you if you want to be healed. Healed. It was that person's what? Time. Regardless, did, I, I'm not, Jesus said, I ain't talking about that water. I'm, I'm coming here and I'm coming to you personally and I'm saying that healing is standing in front of you. There was a time and we had to learn how to recognize the timing and then respond to it. And he responded to it and received his healing. They told blind Bartimaeus, shut up, you're making way too much noise. 
don't bother him. Blind Bartimaeus recognized there was a time. And if he wanted to change in his life, he had to take advantage of the opportunity or the time that God had provided for him. And he responded and he yelled louder. And as he yelled louder, what happened? God stopped. I mean, Jesus stopped the process of what he's doing and he receives his healing. He recognized he had an opportunity in the process of time of our day. God comes by and there, there's an opportunity for healing and then we had to be sensitive enough to understand that and then respond to it. God doesn't work on our timetable. A lot of people try to command God in their prayers. I, I got news for you. You cannot command God. You ask God for stuff in, 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 the, in the line of his permissive will. And, and, but I'm telling you what, you can't, you know, it's just kind of, oh, I'm going to get into that, okay? Oh, Jesus, help me. Sometimes it's a, you can't, and then people get disappointed because they've commanded God to do something. He didn't do it. You ask God and then trust God to do what he, what's best for you. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Listen, can you trust God? Amen. So what we have to do is recognize the timing and then respond to it. Then secondly, accept God's timing. <laughs> there's a tendency in us to resist it. Or there's a tendency in us to want to help God. <laughs> Isn't it true? Is there anybody in the Bible that's tried to help God? That, wasn't, that want, didn't want to wait on God's timing. Whew, the scripture is full of people. That, and in fact, we're, we are living in, in, in perilous times today as a result of people not wanting to wait on God. God said, I'm, I'm going I'm to allow you to have a son. I'm going to give you a son. Has God given you a promise? Absolutely. God's given us a lot of promises. Now listen, ours is to wait on his timing. And waiting is probably the most difficult thing that we as believers want to do because we want to rush, the, rush it up. We want to help God in his plan. And when you get involved in trying to get it, you're going to muddy up the water. Abraham thought, and Sarah, well, Sarah thought that she could just help out and give Abraham her maiden and all this other stuff. Listen, the only thing they caused was problems. And we are still having, in fact, the problems in the Middle East today as a result of Abraham and Sarah not waiting on God. When we get up there, we're going to choke them out. Dear, you read about some of these things, but then we, get, then we, then we have to laugh and we look at ourselves and think, I do the same thing. I get ahead of God. Instead of waiting for God to provide, I'll just go borrow I'll put it on my charge card. God will provide. <laughs> and God's sitting up there, silly boy. They're going to take what you have. Why? Because you're not waiting for God to provide for you to get what you want or you need. God promised to provide for your needs, not your greeds. And we're beginning, and, and see, our world has made it so easy to circumvent God's timing. You can put it now and don't have no payments for six months and no interest for a year. Absolutely. Doesn't that sound good? Payments are coming someday, baby. They'll be coming after your kids. No, they won't. They'll, they'll leave you the kids. Except, secondly, is accept God's timing. And thirdly, get in alignment with God's timing. So first of all, recognize God's timing and then respond to it. Secondly, accept God's timing and wait patiently for it and then get in alignment with God's timing. 
Now listen, how do you do that? Number one, being in the right place. Being in the right place. What do I mean by that? You've got to get into, you know, you've got to get in the right place with God. Jacob did not hear from God until he got into the right places. He, he, was, he was out of the will of God. He, he was not doing what God told him. He was trying to do things on his own. How many knows the story? And finally, when he finally got away from the mess and he got up on a mountain, he pulled a rock up for a pillow and went to sleep and then God appeared to him. He was in the right place. We had to be in the right place spiritually uh, to be in alignment with God's timing, being in the right place, being surrendered to the right people or surrounded with the right people. You have to align yourself and be in the right place. What do I mean by surround yourself with the right people? Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave this country and I want you to get out and I'll go to a place that I'll show you. What was he doing? He was getting Abraham to a place. All right, he's getting him to a place where he wanted him to go to get into alignment with what he wanted to do with his life. Did Abraham do what God told him to do? He went little ways. He went to a place called Haran, took all of his family with him, and he stayed at Haran until his father died. His father had to die before he separated from him. And then he took his nephew Lot and left Haran. And, God, and, and so all of this time, God, he's not doing, he's not getting into the place, getting into alignment with, with, with what God wanted him to do. And it wasn't until Lot separated from him that God spoke to him again. Listen to me. Being time conscious, we need to be aware and recognize, number one, the timing and respond to it. Secondly, accept God's timing and then get in alignment with God's timing by being in the right place and being surrounded with the right people. Wisdom comes from having the right people around you. There are some people that you don't need around you. They give you bad information. They give you bad counsel. Okay? And, and you, when you surround yourself with people that, that don't, don't understand spiritual things, if you share stuff with them, they'll think you're crazy. How many has experienced that besides me? You have to, you have to surround yourself with the right people. I want the, the uh, computer, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 47. And I want to close with this. Time has caught us all. We are all in its grip. And if we were going to get some of these certain principles down, our tomorrows, should Jesus tarry, will suffer as a result of this. But everyone under the sound of my voice is caught in a dragnet. Now notice, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea. Now first of all, the dragnet is a seine. It is an all-inclusive net. It has floats on the top and weights on the bottom. So it goes from top to bottom, all the way to the side, and nothing can get through it. It catches everything in its path. So the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea. The sea is the world. This dragnet is a thing called time. He has given the kingdom a certain amount of time. And this dragnet, if you've ever seen, how many knows what a saying? I know your old timers have. You know what a saying is? 
it's an all-inclusive net. Now, it's not the net that they throw out and it makes a circle and goes down and traps whatever fish is underneath it. This saying is something that goes from bank to bank. It goes from top to bottom and catches everything in its path. And it is going. So notice, a kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Verse 49. Which, when it was full, they drew to shore. And they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. The dragnet of time is dragging every one of us toward the shores of judgment. You can't get away. I can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. Everybody in this town, in Wasco and Shafter and the surrounding area, they may not understand it. They may waste their time. They may kill time. But I'm telling you, time is still drawing them. They'll, they'll you know... Sometimes, sometimes people feel conviction and they, they squirm away from the net. You ever seen, if you've never, if you ever experienced this, when you're pulling the same, when fish, when it starts getting close to shore, they'll touch the net and then boy, they'll, they'll swim fast ahead trying to get away. But sooner or later, the same just catches up with them. And it's coming toward and it's dragging everybody, everybody toward the shores of judgment. No one is going to escape. Today, in this moment, in this house, Every one of us is being drawn toward the shores of judgment and we will not escape. And if we haven't used our days wisely, we'll not understand what eternity with Jesus is going to be all about. The scripture says, and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. It's exactly what's going to take place at the end of this age. Good is going to be separated, taken to be with the Lord, and the bad will be cast away. When is that going to take place? At the end of time. The end of time. I'm going to ask you a question in closing today. How are you spending your days? Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus. You've allowed me to have 62 years, over 22,000 days, almost 23,000 days. You've allowed me to have. I have spent them. I have used them. I have not always used them wisely. But I pray the prayer of Moses today over this congregation. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. James says, what is your life? He goes on to say, it's like a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. And I, I don't know about the rest of the folks that, that's older than I am or about my age, but I, I spend a lot of time sometimes during my days thinking about how I've spent them. And I spend a lot of time in my days sometimes thinking about how fast they're going. And I know I haven't got many days left. But you see, the wise man goes on to say in the end of Ecclesiastes, he says these words, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. When the evil days draw not, before 
old age starts to creep in and things go south, remember your creator. Why did he say that? Because he looked back over his life and he saw the way he had spent his days. And if he had just been a little bit more alert when he was young. And so he, he ministered to the young people and he speaks to you today. Establish good qualities, young people, while you are young because they are going to follow you for the rest of your life. Those good things that you do during the, during the course of your day that benefits you spiritually, you keep on doing them and establish them in your life because they will affect your tomorrows. You need to do that before old age begins to set in. 95% of the people who get saved do so before the age of 50. Now get this. Over 95% of the people who come to the Lord, 95% come before the age of 50. And most of those 95% that get saved and live for God come at an early age. Most of them in their junior and teenage years. Why is that? It's because the older we get, the more set in our ways we get. And the harder it is for us to change and to accept something new. But when you're young, it's different. And it's easy to respond to God. And that's the reason he said, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Establish some good things and some good habits in your life that you use on a daily basis before you get old. How are you spending your days? And what if tomorrow never comes? What if the tomorrow you're counting on today doesn't come? What if this is the last 24 that we had? Father, I pray for these folks today that if there's any under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you. God, today, oh, if we be conscious, today is the day of salvation. We'd be conscious of what we're doing right now and the way we're spending these moments. And you're no doubt talking to people all across this building about time and the way we spend our days. And I'm praying if there's one here that does not know you as Savior today, right now, that you begin to speak to their heart. Let them see their need for a Savior from the youngest to the oldest in this place. God, you're able to talk to their heart and answer to the life. While no one's looking around, listen. The next few seconds, if you're here and you're not saved, the next few seconds will be the most important few seconds of your life because the decision you make in the next few seconds is going to determine your future. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, but you covet this preacher's prayer. Let me see your hand right up, right down across the building. I'm going to be looking across the building. If you see me coming up, my eyes coming, please raise your hand right up and right down. Preacher, pray for me today. I'm not saved. I realize how important these next few seconds are. And I'd like to respond today. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Pray for me. 
I want to make things right. God bless you, sis. I want to make things right. The next few seconds are important seconds to you. They may never. God bless you in the back. I see that hand. Right up, right down. Is there another? Next few seconds are the most important seconds of your life. How are you spending them? Do you hear God's voice? I want to make a change in my life today. Here's my hand, Pastor. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. How are you spending your time that God has given you? Now listen to me, believer. You spend time on that which is important to you. How do you order your day? And how do you spend the time in your day that God gives you? Listen, listen, very important. Your days are going to determine your future. The way you spend your days, the way you spend your time. There has to be some time. You have to order your time in your day to, to have a place for spiritual matters in your life on a daily basis. From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, His mercies are new and fresh every morning and His grace follows you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Daily. Are you taking advantage of His mercy and grace on a daily basis? I encourage you this morning, I want you to start. I want you to start. Those of you that raise your hand to make a, a commitment to the Lord, will you just stand right where you're at? I'm going to have people come and pray with you. I'm not going to have you come down here, but I am going to have somebody come to where you're at. It's all right. I want you to stand. Be bold. Be, be courageous today. Will you do that? Will you stand right where you're at? I want to pray with you. We want to have some people pray with you today. Go ahead and stand right where you're at. Will you do that? Be courageous today. Be courageous today. Don't be afraid. You've raised your hand. We want to pray with you today. Don't be afraid. I want you to stand. God bless you. God bless you, partner. Appreciate that. God bless you. There were some others that raised their hand. Will you stand with them? I want some folks. Darren, I want you to go to them. I want you to pray a sinner's prayer, will you? I want you to lead them to the Lord. I want you to lead them to the Lord. If you, if you raise your hand for salvation, if you'll, if you'll stand, we'll have some people come and pray with you. We want to pray with you before you leave this place. Will you do that? Listen, believer, I want you to stand all across the building, but I want you to determine today in your heart, I'm going to start spending my days a little bit different. I'm going to start spending my days a little bit different. I'm going to rearrange my day, rearrange my day, start doing some things different in my life. Father, just kind of grab, grab your neighbor by the hand. Will you do that? We're going to pray for each other this morning. Just grab your neighbor by the hand. Let's pray for each other. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all the precious people that are here. God, I, I just pray that you pour your blessings out upon their life. God, get us to the place where we are sensitive to what you are doing in our life on a daily basis. Not We're not worried about our months and years. We're worried about our days. It's a daily thing that we want to spend time with you. We want to collect our day and, and use it wisely. Teach us. Teach everyone in this building to number our days and see how precious the time that you have given us really is. And God, I know that if we'll, if we'll apply ourselves to wisdom, God, the years and the, and the months and the, 
and the weeks will take care of themselves. Things will come out, but I pray that you'll just bless uh, from the youngest to the oldest in this place. Rearrange our thinking, rearrange our spirit. In the name of your son, Jesus, we claim it. Amen? Amen. Shake hand to be friendly. Don't let a visitor get out of the building.